Wolf and Billy. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is hour one of episode 559. Jason Lingren is with me and Heather Newkirk joins us. You may remember past episodes with Ross from Conscious Technologies. I'll list out those episodes later. Uh, we're going to get into parenting here, and there really is a huge difference that I can detect in young lives. I remember back in the eighties, you'd hear things like indigo children, these special children. But now when you look around at the young people, wow, some of the abilities that we see are just, wow. Uh, as an example of this, when I was growing up and I love my rock and roll music and I have my guitar gods, I can go on YouTube right now and find a dozen, easily a dozen young people in their teens that could pick up a guitar and run laps around the people that I thought were guitar gods. And this is kind of an ancillary example, but what we see is the abilities of the young lives that I will randomly mark. Maybe Heather will correct me. What I notice is the children that were being born, I don't know, in the mid nineties, maybe I started to really see a big difference in the abilities uh, in these young lives. Anyhow, welcome Jason. And a cool good morning. All right, let's jump right in. Welcome back, Heather. Thank you so much. We have the notes in front of us. What I'm going to let you do is give a brief overview and let people know where they can find you and Ross, your work and your center, which will be open before long. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much. I have had a long background and experience in education myself. My former career was as an elementary and middle school teacher, both in private and public school, both in California and Missouri. And one of the things that I promised myself after teaching for so many years was that if I were to start a family, that I would not teach at the same time that I was being a parent because I could see just the unique needs of children in this world. And this was even before that I was doing a lot of the work that I'm doing now, which is running an amazing holistic center here in Rhode Island. And we have been supporting the local community and community at large with some consciousness raising technologies that have come forth at this time to really help humanity de-stress, raise their consciousness. And I'm very excited to be a part of that work here in Rhode Island. And what's unique about our technologies is actually many of them, and along with a number of practitioners I work with, can sessions can be done remotely, which means they can be experienced all over the world. All right. Now tell folks where they can find you, please. Uh, yes. You can find us at awakenwholenesscenter.com. You can find my husband's technologies at ConsciousTechnologiesLLC.com. And we also have another site regarding crystals, Vogel Cut Crystals specifically, which is VogelCutCrystals.com. And all of these concepts and missions all intertwine into helping humanity this time with raising consciousness and allowing people to be the best version of themselves. So before we jump in, I just want to ask if you agree with me. What I noticed was somewhere around the mid-90s, I started bumping into very young children with just some crazy abilities, musically, artistically, uh, maybe it was things like just the way they spoke and their very early mastery of the English language. Do you market it about the mid-90s or would you say something different? No, I'm, I, I'd say right on with that and even actually earlier than that. And uh, what's been under my understanding and the research I've done, my own intuitions, talking with people I know, talking with other parents all along this journey that I've been on, is that these unique children have been coming in even earlier than that. And to my understanding, what's happening is this planet is going through an amazing transformation itself. And our society and our collective consciousness is reflecting that. And what's really been happening is that the vibration on the planet is continuing to raise and get higher and higher each and every day. And so it's only natural that that be reflected not only in the collective consciousness or the children, the people on the planet, but that also we're an integral part of that raising of consciousness. 
And these kids have been coming in for a very long time. You, you said in the intro, indigo children, right? That's the generation of children that is kind of here to kind of stir things up and get the energy moving on the planet in the way it needs to be. And these children coming in are very, very unique at this time. And there's other been other people who've kind of coined the phrase of either crystal children, rainbow children. And it's something where these children are coming in and they did not check their memory at the door, so to speak. And so in our generation, we come into this experience and we've had, we're multidimensional beings. We've had multidimensional experiences and what's been happening is, is we kind of checked our memory at the door and we don't always remember past lives. We don't always remember things that have happened beforehand. But these kids coming in now actually can remember those lifetimes and they come in fully telepathic, fully intuitive, ready to go in this world. And so it's an exciting time. It's a really exciting time. And they're here. They're here to shift consciousness. They're here to shift things in the way we do things on the planet. And I'm really excited to be a part of that right now at our center. And even before that, when I was teaching and just seeing these amazing kids coming in and their abilities. I've been drawn lately to reading about the highly realized spiritual masters. And I just want to say this before Jason jumps in. I always grab obscure books. And lately, like for the last, I don't know, eight, nine months, I've been looking for the really realized writings on spiritual masters. Of course, a lot of this is going to come from India, uh, from Africa, from places like Tibet, from you know other places further east. But I read the other night, where a realized master, what I call the mind sciences, so meditation is a huge part of it, said the following, that when the human mind is led into this discord, like what the news does to us and what like mainstream media does to us all the time, it's a discordant vibration that goes out through, I think he used the word cosmos or something like that, but his statement ended in that leads to only one solution where the earth responds with disaster. And I thought it was interesting to consider how much effort the mainstream puts on us to think negatively, but uh, I just wanted to get it in. Oh, the other thing I was going to mention is the books, the, all these really obscure books that I always go for. I saw a book number of, of recent purchases and people are gravitating right now heavily uh, the purchases for these types of books that are so obscure are flying off the shelf. But anyhow, Jason, you were going to add something there. Are you getting a unified message by any chance from these children? Are they saying something that's incredibly similar one to another? I would say yes. I don't know that I'm getting a direct message per se from any one child, but I would say that right now, these children are really here to bring a grand sense of peace. And so any time in their life they don't have peace around them, they do everything they can to try to solve the problem to find peace. And so I think that it's interesting because I think society and kind of the control structure wants to keep us separate. It wants to keep us misaligned with our true purpose. It wants to keep us separate from each other. It wants to keep us from experiencing our possible highest self. And we'll be talking about some of those things today, I'm sure, more in detail. But I think overall, these kids really are here to bring in a new version of Earth. And they're really here to shift things around to the higher frequencies, which is where we're already headed anyway. And so these lower vibrational ideas are now coming to the surface and being exposed around us. So what looks like total chaos in the world is really a reordering of the higher frequencies coming in and maintaining and picking up speed and the lower frequency ideas being pushed out because they literally cannot exist in this time space anymore. And so we see that everywhere. There's a lot of negative stuff going on in the news and an uproar and people fighting. And what I think the control structure wants is for us to fight each other. And that's the direct opposite of what these kids are here to be a part of. And so they just don't want to partake. 
And so when you see kids who are, they might be considered lazy, they're not lazy. They're just, they're just put up with what they came into because they agreed to be here at this time to make this change and be part of it. And when they arrived, it was really hard for them to see what was going on. And it's really interesting. You were talking about many different books because one of my favorite authors, Meg Blackburn, has a couple books called The Children of Now, Parenting the Children of Now, and also The Children of Now Evolution. And she's a wonderful author who really helped me as a new parent many years ago. Our son is now nine, and we were kind of embarking on uncharted waters as new parents, and we are trying to figure out what was going on. And She's someone who really helped us understand more about our son and and other children we were meeting along the way. And in her introduction, she has a quote from a four-year-old, and she changed the names in her book to protect the children, but she called him Andrew. And the quote from Andrew of age four was, I remember what it was like to be home. It was a lot different than here. Everything was beautiful. I loved everyone, and they loved me back equally. How come it doesn't feel like that here? And that's very profound coming from a four-year-old, first of all, but it shows you that these kids coming in are very unique in that they didn't check their memory at the door. They fully remember past lives and where they've been and what they did, some of which have been now documented as people who've been able to go back, parents who've been able to go back and research specific history that connects the dots that shows that that child was that other person in that other lifetime and can go back and find that history, which is just fascinating to me. And they come entering this world now with many special gifts, very highly evolved, like you were talking about with the guitar, and they're wired for this time frame, and they're coming in fully ready to go. And that's why when you look at these babies coming in, and you really look into their eyes, they're very old souls and they look right through you because they have that ability. And as parents, the big question is, are we paying attention to this? Are we paying attention? Or is life gotten us so in a tizzy that we can't focus on our own children to really appreciate who they are and why they're here? So the big question is why? Why are they coming in differently than past generations? Well, you know, I think it's because we're here to shift as a planet. This is a much, much bigger thing than any of us could ever imagine, even beyond my own intuition and understanding. I think that they're here to literally expand into a whole new generation and a whole new species, literally. And that's kind of my understanding and my take on it is we have to evolve as a planet because there is now. Ever since 2012, there is more light on the planet than darkness. And so because of that, any darkness that wants to remain has to be exposed before it dissolves and crumbles because it cannot exist in what I understand to be these higher frequencies. And so the kids are here to be a part of that shift. This is a very exciting time to be on the planet. There's a lot of people who wanted to be here and didn't make the cut. So if you're here and you're alive and you're breathing, there's a reason you're here. And it's very important that we really start to tune into more of living in our heart space rather than our head space. The world has wanted to keep us in our head space for a very long time because it distracts us from our innate abilities, our intuitions, our sixth sense, our anything that wants to keep us from nature, from being who we are really here to be. And so we have to be willing to step outside of that and move to our heart space, which is the higher frequency that we're heading into. And that's what we're doing right now. And I think even the pandemic in the last few years has forced people to shift their schedule enough to really shake things up and be like, okay, am I really happy where I'm at? Am I happy with my family? Am I happy with the people I'm with? And people have been having to do a lot of soul searching to answer those very personal questions. You know, I think we should have mentioned at the outset that Heather, you're a bit clairvoyant and I don't know the right words to describe, but when I first met you, it wasn't long before I realized that you were knowing more about me than I was offering you. 
And uh, when you came over, you sat down. I had just tried to complete a little patio. And the first words out of your mouth about it were the whole reason I did it was to build something without the angles of sorrow, which you immediately commented on. But people should be aware of that. But Heather, I try to describe the new era as the old low vibrational systems got to go. That's the way that I kind of try to go at it. But there is an Eastern idea, which has been around forever. I read books all the way back into the 1800s where they had an idea that children up to about the age of four or five, and this is almost any child, has the potential to remember where they just were. Do you find that there's any truth in that statement? Yes, I do. And I think that that's the way it has been for a while now with these kids coming in because they come in fully telepathic and fully ready to interface with their world with intuition. And when they're in a family that they put those signals out and it's not met with that signal back by the age of five, all the way up to seven, they end up just opting out and not using those abilities anymore because it's like sending out a message and not getting anything in return. But I do find that the more parents I talk to, that they're recognizing their children are unique. They don't have the tools to help them navigate these children. And I think that's why I'm so grateful to be doing even this podcast because I'm hoping that I can help provide some tools and some ideas as to kind of what's going on. And I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything about it. But in my years of doing intuitive work with families and people and kids, I have enough of a sense to understand that there's a tremendous amount of support needed for parents everywhere to be able to support these kids coming in and even themselves as people who have amazing abilities themselves that they haven't connected with yet. And for me personally, I've always been very spiritual. I've had experiences, premonitions when I was little. I didn't know that's what it was. I really didn't understand much about my own life until I met my husband, Ross, and his family that had a wonderful understanding of how some of these things work and were able to finally put words to some of my own personal experiences So when I met Ross and he and his dad, Mark Newkirk, who's a world-class, was a world-class scientist, he passed on a couple of years ago, and they were working on a piece of technology called the light field in Chester, Massachusetts. So when I met Ross, they were working on this technology. I didn't understand much about it, but I knew that it felt pretty important. I didn't realize how important it would be until after it was completed and we were married for a few years and going through the project. But I know now that having helped with that technology and helped build that technology that's based in different paradigms and is based with sacred geometries and music and aspects of light and is really given technology from higher dimensional places, that when I was working on that technology was when some of my own abilities started appearing more tangibly. And at first it kind of scared me. I didn't really understand it. But the more I talked with him, my husband Ross and his dad Mark about it, I grew into my understanding. And then it was when I started using the technology that my abilities of clairaudience and clairvoyance started coming through stronger and stronger. And I just kept practicing and using it over the years, mostly behind the scenes and with my family, because I didn't really feel the need to put myself out there. And I didn't, I didn't have the confidence. And so what ended up happening is in my journey, as I went through this experience is by the time that my son arrived on the scene about nine years ago, I had already been working with this technology for a a few years. And when my son came through, he actually started bringing through the ability of telepathy And that was so beautiful to me because it meant I was able to communicate with him in the womb. I was able to communicate with him day one and meet his needs as a parent way more than I ever could have imagined when I think back to being like what it would be like to be a parent. And what's very interesting is these new kids coming in, they're announcing themselves to their parents years, months, weeks before they even are conceived or arrive. 
And that's one of their things they're bringing with them is this ability to communicate through all time space and even through the dimensions. And I find that really fascinating because what that means is they're picking. I mean, every child to me, I truly believe picks their parent and they're picking each parent based on what their own curriculum is, what they need in their experience. And I find it really interesting that these children, one of their characteristics is they will announce themselves before they arrive. They will often tell parents what their name is supposed to be, and they will often tell where they're from or what other experiences they've had. You know, it's interesting that you were pointing out that a young life will come into this world remembering where they've just been. I don't talk about the Eastern stuff as much as I could because a lot of people in the West have a religious tradition that has been taught not to accept it. And so I offer a little here and there because I figure people will get there on their own dime if they have an interest. But one of the things that's been very well documented across cultures and centuries is the idea of a master reaching enlightenment. One of the benchmarks, I don't know if that's probably not the right word. One of the things that will occur is they will remember a past life. Now you hear different versions. Some claim they remember like in the Buddhist tradition that he remembered every life. There's a lot of legend attached to the Buddha story, but the more modern and lesser known ones, uh, I just read about one where one guy, a realized master had said, well, I remembered my past life. And the guy he was talking to said, I remembered two past lives. And these are highly, highly realized beings. And People will argue the veracity of what I've just said, but it's been confirmed on so many levels that I think it's just about what people want to accept and what they don't. The point I'm making is for a child to come in now at that level represents what, I don't know, 50, 100 years ago, someone would work a whole lifetime or more to try to get to that level. Do you think that kind of encapsulates the step up that we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. I I do believe that. And I have a beautiful example of that because I've experienced it multiple times now with my son and even some other children that I've worked with at the center. And I remember back a few years ago, my husband and I were renting a home that had a sauna in it, an indoor sauna, and even an outdoor sauna too. And so we decided that it would be time my son was interested. He was about five at the time, and he was interested in joining us for a sauna And so we kind of prepared him for what to expect and wanted to make sure it was safe for him to be in there with us for a short time. And so we got them all situated and all kind of talked through with what would happen and how long we'd be in there and what it was for and why we were doing it. And we walk in and sit down and sitting quietly as a family. And I just turned to Owen and just said, how are you enjoying your first sauna? And very matter of fact, very serious, he looked up at us and he said, this isn't my first sauna. And I said, oh, yes, it is. We haven't done this before. This is really nice. It's really, it's going to be very helpful to our health and well-being. And he said, he was very specific. And he said, no, this isn't my first sauna, mom. I remember that I used to do this all the time when I was in Africa. And he Hmm. said, he gave a very detailed description. He said, I've done this a long time ago in Africa, and I remember it very, very well. Now, as a parent, you have a choice, a split-second decision when you hear your child say something that you know that they haven't experienced. One is you can write them off, you know, and just say like, oh, that's nice. That's not really correct. But knowing intuition and knowing better, we encouraged him to keep talking and asked him, detailed questions about what he could remember. And he proceeded to tell us where he was located. And later we took him to a map of Africa to see if he could pinpoint better what country it was in. And it was in Northern Africa. He said, I remember the name of this country in Africa. And he proceeded to tell us all about his experience and how he lived in a blue house. And it was a small hut, just big enough for him and his stuff. He was surrounded by fields of grasses He had wild animals and wild buffalo coming up to his front door every day, and it was kind of annoying because they'd push open his door, and he didn't like it when they did that. He didn't want them to come in his house. He talked about running through the grasses, the tall grasses, and making paths all around him. He talked about his other friends that lived nearby. He talked about the kind of transportation he had. He talked in great detail 
And that's not something, our son is not someone who makes up stories like this. You know, he has a great imagination, but he was not at the point in his experience where he was doing that for any length of time for anything. And so it was very interesting to me that he was so detailed and so specific in remembering that experience. And it just kind of blew us away, you know, and I know there's been other examples of that from him and other people that I've worked with. And so this is this is what these kids are coming in. And I think as parents, it's so important for us to be validating what they're saying, listening and asking questions, giving them the benefit of the doubt. And I think that when we as parents see our children as equals, then we can have a conversation with them that is more specific to allowing them to really express their ideas and why they're here and tell them more about their purpose. Because a lot of these kids coming in will tell you exactly what they're here to do and why they're here. Years ago, that sort of thing would probably get shut down a lot. But I would like to think that in the more modern era, a lot of people are more open-minded to just different experiences, especially as mainstream religions have been getting rejected, especially in the West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a big opportunity. What you just described happened to my wife and I. And what, as you were speaking, the parent right there and then has a split second choice. They can shut it down and act like it's not real or not pay attention. And probably the, the child will let it go or shift and you will have cut that off. It, it happened to my wife and I, and I've recounted this, so I won't do it again, but it happened on the Queen Mary where my nephew came into our room and informed us that he had been in this very room with his other mother. Uh, his mother is my wife's sister. And we went through the ship looking for pictures. But the point is, is fortunately, and ironically enough, I had read a book probably a few months before we had gone to the Queen Mary, which allowed me to pick up on what he was laying down and not dismiss it as some four-year-old child just making stuff up. But it is, it's a split second thing. Whatever the parent does next, you know, it's a big turning point on where you can go and what you can know or whether the whole idea gets shut down. Mm -hmm. Well, I think what it does is when parents shut it down, it's because they're scared. And I think it's because they don't know enough how to handle it. And society has told us that these things are not possible. And it's unfortunate because they're very possible. They've been documented for many, many years. And I know that for me personally, I experience this kind of work all the time because one of these gifts of telepathy that my son brought through when I was pregnant with him and even just before is that when I work with kids at my center and I'm using these technologies in support of these sessions, what happens is I can communicate with usually very young to and even older children too. But usually it's younger because the kids are just more open. And so kids will sit with the technology that they're using, and I will have a whole conversation with them telepathically to understand more about why they're here, what their concerns are, are there things they would like to share with me. I always introduce myself. I always make sure that I'm not encroaching on their free will, which is also very important as an intuitive. And that I'm really there to be an advocate and a window and a voice into their world to help the parents understand more about who they are and why they're here. And there was one day I had a little girl. She was three and she was playing with blocks right in front of me next to the technology we're using at the time was the core harmonizer, which helps to create a very peaceful, coherent space and helps you process life in real time. And I was doing a session with her, and she proceeded to tell me that she was here to build new houses on the earth and that she really needed her mother to buy her more blocks so she could practice. And she really wanted to get the message across to her mom, who was sitting with me in the session, that she was here to be an earth builder and to build different kinds of earth houses and that she needed not only more real-world experience, but she needed the materials to practice because she took her job very seriously and her purpose very seriously as to why she is here. And the mother found it 
absolutely fascinating that this message had come through because she had observed her daughter laying down on the earth, putting her head down right into the grass and just listening for many, many minutes in a day and wanting to always be outside and always connect with nature and be running around in the compost pile. And the mother was like, I'm happy for my daughter to be experiencing all these things. I want her to experience all these things. But sometimes we as parents, we miss the signals because we're so focused on our own things that we're not really paying attention. And so when that split second conversation happens and we're not totally present with our children and not totally present with the conversation, it can be missed. And it's such a sad thing because these children are here to really share who they are and why they're here and what they're here to be a part of. And we need to be their voice and we need to be their advocate to help support them so that they can really do what they're here to do. Did the mother have any idea that the child was interested in building and needed things like blocks to practice? Was the mother tuned into that at all or was it a revelation when you told her? I think it was a revelation when I told her and it helped put pieces together of what she had experienced with her daughter up to that point. And so it connected the dots. It really connected the dots with her. And we all come in with our families, right? Kids pick their parents and they pick each one of us because of their own curriculum and what they're here to learn. So as these kids pick their parents, they're picking people that they need to learn something from, or they need to be able to experience as part of their curriculum that they came to learn. And I think that when these parents have a window into their child's world to help connect the dots, it just makes parenting easier. Because this mother specifically was like, my daughter wants to follow my husband around all day and he's always building things and she wants to be right in there. She wants to know how the tool works. And she thought it was fascinating and wanted to support that fully, but it put the dots together of how she as a parent could better support her daughter with her mission of what she's here to do. And for example, I had another parent who had two boys come in to see me because she couldn't understand why one of the boys, the older boy, was very angry with the younger brother the day he arrived as a baby. And she couldn't understand why her firstborn hated her secondborn so adamantly. And so in that session with the parent, I was able to channel through from the older child that these two boys, these brothers in this lifetime, had had six past lives together. And in each of those lifetimes, the younger brother had taken something from the older brother. In one lifetime, it was his horse, right? Which doesn't seem like a big deal. But in that time period, if you didn't have your horse, you couldn't survive. And so that was just one of six examples. And each lifetime, it got more and more serious what the brother had taken. So in this lifetime, of course, when he sees his brother again, he's going to be like, I really don't like you. (laughs) I really don't like you because you did all these things to me, right? But what's so interesting is that Once the parent found out about this, it put the dots together as to why the interaction was happening with the two brothers and to now find a solution to help them through it. And I think that's the biggest thing that parents are really looking for is now that I have this information, how do I find a solution for it? And I think it comes down to many different things can help you to move through past programs and past experiences that keep people running their normal programming, which continues just to be more negative or more having to do with heredity, and that there's an opportunity here for parents to find solutions to help them to be better parents. Was the child coming through, the second child, coming through for the express purpose to deal with all the things that had happened in the past? Yes. And I think it's a great question. In this lifetime, one of the things as this vibration on the planet gets higher and higher, one of the things we're all being asked to do is to clear our family line. And it's very hard work to do. And there's many different ways to do it. But it can be very tedious, hard work because it means us letting go of, it means us sometimes even letting go of family members in this lifetime. Because We're here to clear the line. We're here to stand in our truth. 
we're here to be able to be forming new soul families and to be forming new ways of doing things and experiencing things here on earth. And so when you look at these families and you look at these children and you look at your own families, there's always going to be people that you resonate with. There's always going to be people that you don't. But right now we're being asked to do the tedious work of clearing our entire family line energetically so that we can make it and graduate into this higher frequency because those conflicts and that past programming is a lower vibrational state. And we're meant to be in a higher vibrational state, which means that a lot of us have a lot of work and that's why it feels very tedious right now. And people are really being asked to live more in their heart space because the world is in need of us being in that higher frequency to make these shifts. Everything that you've said has reinforced the way that I look at spirituality for the most part, and that's that we have a spiritual existence that is, I guess you would say, eternal. I don't know exactly how you can really describe it in any other way other than that, but that we keep coming here for various reasons to advance ourselves spiritually. And it sounds like that there is something building up that hasn't happened for, I don't even know how long to say, many generations at least, and that these people that are coming in, these spiritual entities that are coming in, are of a higher nature. They've done a lot of their soul work already because they're here for higher purposes. Does that seem like what you're seeing a lot? Yes, exactly. That's a great way to say it. And what's happening is that these kids who have all come in that are all brand new kids, higher vibrational species coming in, they're already wired for what we're calling the fifth dimension, 5D. They're already wired for that. And they're here to support our evolution and the only way that they can support us is if we're paying attention and that we're doing our work. And so we're kind of the last generation. As parents, we're kind of the last generation, and we're here to clear our family line. These kids are already okay. They're wired for 5D. They're going to be fine. And they're waiting on us. They're waiting on us to do our work. And so when you look, these kids are high empaths. They feel everything. They're like little sponges and they go into a room and they can feel the emotions of everybody in that room or that store. And what happens is, is that they don't know how to deal with all that energy. So they come home and they're wired and they're like jumping around and they're like, I don't know what to do with all this. Right. And so that's where we as parents can be providing tools for these children of how do you clear energy out? How do you do through breath work? It can be through yoga. It can be through nature and grounding and earthing bare feet on the ground. It can be with finding like-minded kids who are, and they have a unique way of, I will say they have a unique way of finding each other for sure. And they find ways to be together so that they can do this work to support each other in doing it. And I had a very dear friend call me just even yesterday whose son had a very high fever and she's very intuitive. Her child's very intuitive. And she was at home and her husband was traveling and she was a little alarmed at the symptoms of the high fever and hallucination and of the child. And she said, can you channel for me what's going on? And instantly I got that this child had been working on helping his classmates clear their junk and clear some of the stuff they had were kind of fine-tuning and clearing some things out, and that his system was on overload and that he couldn't process things fast enough, which then spiked a fever, and then his body was on overload and went to the point of hallucination because it was it was just it, it the energy was stuck. It needed to be moved out. It needed to be moved through. And even though this child knows kind of how to do that because of his upbringing and his mother is a very wonderful energy practitioner and has taught him how to do that as a parent, that he was still experiencing this physical manifestation and needing support of how do I move this through? And so one of the beautiful things that we can do to teach our children is to support them in being in nature, doing breath work, 
asking if they want to do energy sessions or learn how to do things like Reiki or yoga or things that are moving that energy around. Even things like sports really helps these kids to move their energy around and get their energy moved through so that they can be in their fullest. Otherwise, they take on a lot of the things that we're working on because they want to help us. They want to help us to get to a place where there's a sense of peace, which is why they're here. Now, the fact that this is happening so much implies that there's something going on in the world all over, probably some sort of culmination of events that they're here for. Have you gotten any inkling what that might be? Although I can certainly guess. Yeah, I think it, it ha- yes, I think it has to do with creating a new version of Earth. And I know that sounds kind of far out there, maybe for people, but we have to change as a planet. Things are not looking like they're working, and they actually haven't been working for a very long time. And some people call it the control structure. Some people call it many different things. But there's an attempt to be able to thwart our very existence as people on the planet. And we're here to say, no, that's not that's not how this is going to go this time. And we are here to really come back into our fullest power as people and empower ourselves to take back our own life, take back our own health, take back our own wellness, and to really be free from the construct, the strain of being told that we have this freedom when we really don't. And literally because the vibration is getting higher and higher every single day, these older things cannot exist anymore. And so why are we here? Why are these kids here? They're here to help support these higher frequencies. And when you shift yourself into that higher frequency, then true purpose appears and we can live to our fullest, highest vibrational self. So what it seems like is that probably sometime in the, if I had to guess the late 19th century, we kind of came to a crossroads where technology was dawning. People were starting to kind of get more dialed into things. And instead of being able to go with that, the opposite happened these money families, if you want to call them that, robber barons and some that were around for maybe a little longer than that, were able to get their claws into everything and clamp down and restrict and put meters on everything and do everything they could to hold things back and control it. And now we're several generations away from that. And maybe that's why they're showing up so much now, because it's like this has been going on now for too long and we need a change. We need a very Mm -hmm. big positive change. Like kicking the floodgate, if I'm hearing you right, Jason, like an artificial floodgate was put up. You know, in some ways, I I feel like the inoculation is that we're sitting here talking about young children coming in at a spiritual level where I can read endless accounts of people who will say it took them lifetimes or an entire lifetime to get to the spiritual level they are. And then I think about the inoculations, uh, and I've long felt that part of what was going on there was their attempt to cap what was going on. And I I don't know if I heard you right, but it's like a floodgate. Some people with a lot of power put up the floodgate and now it's time to kick it down. That's what it seems like to me. But what do you think, Heather? Yeah, I think think that's exactly right on. I think it's exactly right on. And I think all of our power has been taken away so slowly that we don't realize it's missing. And the kids know they they come in and they they know if you're not telling the truth about something and they know if you're trying to skirt around something they know what's what's true because their compass is so pure and their compass is so intuitive and right on that you have to be truthful with them and you have to do it from the get go because they're here to hold integrity and they're here to hold parents and adults to their integrity and I think that's why even the education systems are are crumbling because, and I think you saw that hugely also with the pandemic, that parents for the first time saw kind of what was going on in the classroom, and then they were pretty alarmed as to what was going on. And that's why there's a lot of even homeschooling right now, because we're here to take back our own power and to really 
be advocates for our children and to be advocates for ourselves. But the only way you can really do that is to bump up against something that makes you feel really uncomfortable. And I think that's what's been going on in the last few years is that, well, it's a number of things, but it has to do with the escalation of the darkness leaving and the light coming forth. It has to do with everybody's saturation point is different. And so depending on what really is meaningful to you in your life, you're not really going to wake up until something very special to you is either taken from you or shifts in your life. And so I think that that's been happening all across the board. And we're really at the precipice and at the point where the snowball's already rolling down the hill. And it's only a matter of time before it breaks open and everybody sees kind of how the wool's been pulled over their eyes. And it's only a matter of time before I think that people will start to continue to wake up in bigger numbers that they say, wait a second, this isn't the life I want to live. And I need to make a change here. And what can I do to do that? All right. We've got to wrap up our one, but it was also interesting to hear you identify the year 2012. I know pretty highly realized spiritual individual who said uh, on a specific date, which is very near the low point of the sun, if not the low point of the sun at a very specific time, a golden beam is the way he described it came down. He has a lot to say about it. And he claims that not that many people around the world were aware of it. And you just identified the very same year, I'm guessing for a similar reason. And where I use the word age change, the way that I hear it described from that corner is not so much as an age change as almost a shift. But we're at the top of the first hour. Can you please tell folks one more time where they can find your work? And we should include Ross's work as well. Sure. Yes. Thank you. We can be found at awakenwholenesscenter.com. And my husband's work can be found at Conscious Technologies LLC and also VogelCutCrystals.com. And we're here in Richmond, Rhode Island, and our center will be opening in the upcoming months. And we're really excited to serve the community and the world at large with our technologies and what we're here to help support parents and children and everyone in between. All right. The first episode that we had Ross, Heather's husband from Conscious Technologies was 442. And then we had episode 490. There's an interesting discussion about a pigeon. I think it's a pigeon. It's a bird. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, if you go to episode 490, I think there's still links. It's really quite a thing. The problem that we have in our part of the world is we are very linear, linear, scientific and factual. And when we're told things that don't fit into that, uh, we usually dismiss it. And so when we read things from places like India or Africa, where they're talking about their idea of an avatar, as an example, where someone just materialized, we think that they're smoking too much peyote and we move on down the road. And that's unfortunate because so much of what we question in the West has long been answered. And it's been answered over centuries, over cultures, the idea of rebirth, the idea, so many of the ideas. The problem is someone like myself, I can't really speak about it in an authoritative way. And the reason is I don't have firsthand experience. I can tell you what I've learned, but that's really not getting you the whole way. Anyhow, we're going to prep up for hour two. We're going to cover a number of things. One of the things that's on the list is what's age appropriate. And I think that is a big deal in our time. Anyhow, hour one is free to everybody at crow777radio.com. That is C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. Members know to log in for the full episode. Members can go to all the forums. They can create forums. They have access to all the comments sections under every episode, and they can download and watch the movie Shoot the Moon anytime they feel like it. That covers all my telescopic work. It's really quite an interesting film, and it's got 10 awards in the world right now. With that, we're going to prep up for hour two. I hope to see you logged in as a member for hour two, and I'd like to wish each and every one of you everywhere in this world a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. Cheers.
the enemy of knowing.